Welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio, Dash Radio, and iTunes and everywhere else you get your podcast. Brian. True or false, Mike? That was the most angelic hello you've heard to date. It's up there. I, I will say there's there's been some stronger ones, Brian. I don't want to give you... I don't want to give it to you all the way at this time. You're sick. You're sick, and you've got terrible taste. One of the two. <laughs> um, we're doing this. We're finally doing this. Mike Smeltz, yeah, the uh, engineers, had tremendous technical difficulties, but we're doing this. Uh, we we just uh, normally we don't video chat when we're doing this because we like to be we like to keep our head in the stats, you know, in the deep in the deep analytics. Uh, and I was just video chatting with Mike, and he is – you get a vein is pulsating in his forehead while he is. <laughs> he's I'm just so about angry. To punch his, his computer in the face. So, so but he, hey, he's a real professional, guys. Everyone – let's give Mike a little shout-out. Mike, Mike does a lot. Mike, Mike does a lot for the show. Come on, guys. T- tweet at Mike being saying, hey, good job, good stuff. Well, if hey, you, Brian. If you think that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to force you if you don't think that. This will be a big show today. Uh, we are really going to dig deep into free agency. This is our free agency preview. Uh, yeah. We're talking – we're going to go through a whole bunch of stuff. We have some listener email that we want to get to. Uh, we're going to begin with the restricted free agency preview, Auto versus KCP, and then we're going to get into some more stuff and then some crazy NBA news around the league. So we'll talk about all of that. Um, Brian. Mm. Has there been news around the league, Mike? I don't remember. <laughs> Should it's, we just jump to that? Just get it out of the way because everyone's going to be talking about it. Or do you want to go right into the nets as we as we usually do? I just here's what I want to put at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. I was from beginning to end. At no point was I ever even a little bit wrong about my t- my hot takes on Phil Jackson on a on a monthly basis. True or false? You were always it, right. You were always right. Thank you, Mike. I was always wrong. <laughs> no, what you what were you saying? I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why this podcast works. No, because. I did believe the credibility as Phil as a coach would then translate to the front office. Little did I know that he would be like a petty old man yelling from his high chair, yelling at Carmelo and yelling at Chris Daps and getting mad. And I did not know that was going to happen. I, just, I expected him to provide the Knicks with the level of uh, professionalism and class, and it was the opposite. So. Was bad. So, um, <laughs> sorry, dear God, there was an ad playing out of nowhere. My, oh, God, I hate that. Um, Horrible. Wow, oh, it just ruined my entire flow. Oh, that whatever company that was, I swear, will never, will never do anything for you. Um, but please, actually, sponsor us. Like, but actually, <laughs> like actually, yeah, that, that, no, seriously, desperately. I think it was Travelocity. Really. Oh, um, great, great company. <laughs> um. With regards to the Phil Jackson thing, what the hell was I just about to say? I had a whole thing set up. All right, whatever. whatever. Did you read the Charlie Rosen? That's what it was. Okay. Thank God. That's why we're just, oh, man, we are the best. Uh, we're the best team. Like, um, yes, I did I did the homework and read the Charlie Rosen it's thing. It's important. It's uh, it's crazy what this guy he, he is really, willing to do. He really, he really let him off the hook big time on on all fronts. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe it was a bad like for every every horrific thing he did, he's like, you can make an argument that this was maybe not the right thing to do. 
No, it was a, disa- a disaster from start to finish. Well, and then he has the, the gall to just be like, but, you know, any attacks on him personally, you should, you know, you just check yourself because he's a championship personality. It's like that that is not coming across at all. And anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that is not. I don't believe you. I just don't believe you. Well, and I want to get to two separate things here. Again, we're going to talk restrictive free agency. It's going to happen. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Okay, but hot, first. Hot but there, there, there's two things with this Charlie Rosen piece. One is that I actually want to read some of the things that he wrote about certain players. What Charlie Rosen did was he went through basically Phil's entire tenure with the Knicks explaining why each move didn't work out. And that ex- explanation had nothing to do with it being Phil's fault. Okay? He what? called Tyson Chandler a no-offense, overrated defense, and chronic malcontent. <laughs> Tyson yeah. Chandler, who's like known as Captain Veteran, you know, like Mr. Good yeah. Guy, who you always want on your team. A guy, I get, a guy who's been in the league that long with that skill set is not a malcontent everywhere he goes. It's just, it, it just doesn't happen like that. It's, in fact, the opposite, right? Um, yeah. It's, he trashes Amon Shumper, Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway, selfish, defenseless. Defenseless, which yeah. I think he means without defense, but he says defenseless. Uh, and, incre- yeah. and incredibly immature. Uh, the Joakim Noah part may be the best in terms of yeah. – how much maneuvering ninja moves he had to make to do this. So this is what he said, okay? Yes, Noah had lost a half-step laterally, but he was still Mm. a tough and savvy defender, arguably the best passing big man in the league. That was true at one point. A perfect fit for the triangle. He wasn't wasn't in game shape, he being Noah, when he reported for training camp. Then he got sick. His conditioning got worse. As a result, he never sufficiently, sufficiently was physically fit to be a plus player. Then he got hurt. Then he took a drug he shouldn't have taken. All told, <laughs> signing Noah was an unmitigated disaster, not totally of Jackson's making. Which is like, the J- Joakim Noah has the worst contract. You know, everyone talks about Mozgov. Mozgov's contract was so bad that the Nets got D'Angelo Russell. Noah, you, they were offering Noah with Chris Stapp's Porzingis. You could have had Porzingis if you would have taken on Noah's contract, almost at this point. I want, I want to see what this dude has written about Billy King in the past. And specifically with regard to the Darren Williams things, because when he offered Darren Williams that contract, it actually made sense. And then things went horribly, terribly wrong. When when Joakim Noah played for the Knicks, everyone knew he was pretty much like on on the back end of a career that you know he had 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 been slipping away for a while. And he wasn't uh, he wasn't even a player that you could imagine as f- finding like a nice little role later in his career, right? He's no. always been a weird, no. kind of awkward player who who was successful because he was in a great defense overall and that he could he was athletic enough at that point but he was he wasn't going to be a guy who was going to mature with the game right no, uh, no, the, any disagreement over here and then and then it continues uh Carmelo obviously what's interesting that Rosen paints Carmelo and says the one there is this whole thread in this Rosen piece about how allegedly the New York media hates Phil Jackson from an incident in 1999. Oh. Which is unbelievable. Eighteen years the way ago, that they, the way that they rolled out the red carpet for him for next, like there, like none of that is at all true. Like everyone was so amped up for that dude's hiring, and like and that is just so like patently false. And the, the fact that think? Carmelo is the victim, like Carmelo's been, yeah. I mean, Carmelo has deserved some of the things that he got, but he's basically been savage just because he's a, a selfish player. But he's yeah. like overall, like seems like a good dude. Like hasn't really done anything to hurt like, the Knicks. He's been savaged on a variety of fronts for for like justifiable reasons. What you can't accuse him of is is doing is handling any of this incorrectly. Like he's just been, you know, 
nothing is leaked about him being there's like malcontent talk or whatever but it's all justified for my mind and he at least outwardly publicly is doing a like bang up job of not seeming like a jerk in this whole thing he's literally there hasn't been any stories where uh, inside the locker room how they hate phil at least during when phil was like the gm and president there was none of those stories floating out and th- they could have been floating carmelo could have pulled frank isola or anyone else aside and said this is what's going on. This is nuts. This guy's falling asleep in practice, and he's making us do the triangle. The triangle was another thing in this Charlie Rosen piece where Charlie Rosen then continues to defend the triangle, and he even goes on. Well, another one of my favorite parts was uh, talking about the coaching staff, that they disregarded anything and everything said by Kurt Rambis and Jimmy Clemens. It's like like there's a certain point, like if you're going to de- defend a thing. So I, I compared it to having Jeffrey Lord on Trump. Like at a certain point, you have to <laughs> – you have to give some ground to seem credible, yeah. right? You have to give yeah. some. You can't defend everything someone does. You just can't. And yeah. this Charlie Rosen thing. The funny thing was, like, it's, it's like it, it's trans, so transparent at this point what Rosen does that I don't know. You know, I think it's, it is like reading someone from inside Phil's mind because this is how Phil probably thinks. Even though he sit, Rosen says at the end of his piece, I haven't spoken to Phil yet, which is like, all right, let's – that's just baloney, but yeah, yeah. That all reminds me that I, I meant to make fun of you for your scars after that facelift you got, Mike. After <laughs> sorry, yeah, brutal. This is blowing my mind. Sorry, this is blowing my mind that this is happening. Um, what do you want to say was, about that, Brian? Nothing. I've got no hot takes. It's just I just <laughs> yeah. Really I think the president it. has the hottest of takes. Yeah, um, you'd, um, yeah, you'd be incredible with Levar Ball, by the way. I would what? President Trump with LeVar Ball would be oh my goodness. would be a beautiful thing. By the way, do you see LeVar Ball at the wrestling? Yeah, uh, I was about to say, like, get them both on Raw together. Dude, let's get it. Yeah. I, I was surprised. Like, someone else said this about how big Baller brand must be terrible because it, he looks fat in every photo. But then when he takes his shirt off, the guy's like yeah, pretty, pretty, fit. pretty, pretty fit for an older dude. Yeah. Um, He's got those, like, old, those old muscles are still intact, you know? All right, you want to do restricted free agency? Yes, let's get into it. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. <laughs> um, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to run down. I have some other guys we got to target, but I think we need to have this debate, Brian. You and I, we need to be out there and talk. So the, t- the two guys that the Nets are most linked to because of their restricted free agency and they both do not deserve a max contract are Otto Porter and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, generally, Brian, what do you, what's your feeling? Do, are you on one side or the other? Do you think they ha- they should sign him? What what's the overall thought process with you? I am one hundred percent on hashtag Team Auto. Uh, I've I've watched enough YouTube to convince myself of it a hundred times over. Um, well, also the fact that like we have D'Angelo Russell now, sort of plays a similar position as Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, though you would you would. You could see them playing together, I guess, but that's a little bit combo guard heavy. Let's be honest, Mike. Let's not go, let's not put all of our eggs in that basket. But I don't know. I watched. I mean, I know, I know you watched a lot more Auto Porter than me, and you're not excited, and that's cause for concern. <laughs> but I also don't trust your third eye the way that I trust mine. Sure. And yeah, either do uh, I. <laughs> and he, the, the finishing at the rim, and it seems like he's basically just finishing at the rim or shooting threes. Seems like a perfect fit. And the percentages just get my just just get me going, you know. I th- those percentages are too. This is also so we'll get back to this too. But like I like there, there's a theme of just high percentage shooters across the board. Uh, I know D'Angelo Russell's 
uh, a little a little less on on that front. Um, but like going after JJ Redick, who I, I hadn't I did not realize that he shot forty seven percent from three last season or who? two seasons ago. Who uh, JJ Redick. Redick? Yeah, and I think yeah. I do think Redick's going to come here. Even though, yeah. I, again, it's sort of like obviously he'd be one of the better players on the team, but in terms of, do you really want to give minutes to a thirty whatever? You know, well, so this is my old. thing. Like, I, I was, I had a moment there. Where I was like, I would be a horrific GM um, because yes. I'm, I'm, I'm loyal. I'm loyal to a fault. Like, I, I was my my thought was like, well, gosh, how are we gonna get like Archie Goodwin minutes, and how are we gonna? It's like that's not. <laughs> that's <laughs> not important. <laughs> that is a thing that we need to worry about. Like, Dude, I do yes. this. I do the same thing. I have a FIFA team, a 2012 FIFA team that I I play bench players when they email me in the game. Players email you to the coach and say, "Hey, coach, can I play?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Took the initiative. Okay, like... <laughs> I would do the same thing as a coach or GM of an NBA team. It was like some guy just walks in my office and be like, "Whatever you want, man, just do it. That's fine." Got a reward that uh, get up and go. No, I get it. Um, I mean Porter. Okay, if if I'm going to weigh on either side. So generally, they should not sign either of these two players, okay? Just because at the, at a, they only have so much cap space. I think people actually believe they have more cap space than they do. I don't think you should give max contracts to guys that aren't going to be worth it. And they're just – they just will not be. Um, but if you're going to so, pick oh, one, you give it to Otto. Let me just stop you there. Stop like, and let's, let's Let's dissect stop this me. thing. Um, you, it seems to me that you think that these two players have reached, like, what is the ceiling in your mind for both of those players? Give me a, a comp, uh, not a comp, just a, a, like a percent, like what's, what's the highest, uh, point and rebound and like assist totals for these guys. Like, what, what do you think is actually they're, they're capable of playing on a team like this where they're going to have a m- much more license to do things, probably all the minutes they can handle and a contract to justify all those minutes. I mean, I think they're both in terms of just point totals. I think efficiency auto is always going to be a better player, but like they both could be 20 point scorers. That's not out of the room possibility, but I don't think that gets you as a max contract slot. That doesn't really get you where you want to be just because I don't, I think those 20 points aren't going to be the most exciting or the most efficient 20 points. Autos will be just because he is such a good shooter. I mean, you spoke about him around the rim. I mean, he really is. A complete in terms of in the basket, by the basket, and shooting threes. He does both of those things. He's not just a shooter, right? Like in terms yeah. of long distance. No, he's got great body control. I was like, I became very enamored with his game watching those clips. His his uh, ability to finish while not like um, an above the rim player by any means, pretty uh, pretty strong, pretty confident. Can I almost I almost want to throw something out completely. Mm-hmm. I, I know that they've been linked to KCP, but. Just, like, don't sign him, right? Like, don't – I don't think they should even – they should not even throw him a contract at all because he's going to be – like, maybe you give him something, you know, 20% less than the max, but he's not worth it. He just isn't. I think we believe that KCP's worth it because he looks like a traditional two-guard when in reality mm-hmm. he's just like a – he's an okay player. Like, he's fine. He's a fine young-ish player who can maybe kind of shoot, but he's an okay yeah. defender. He's an okay shooter. Okay, offensive threat, but he's to give him a max contract is sort yeah. of insane. They shouldn't be that desperate for talent. I mean, I know they are, but they they shouldn't act that way. <laughs> it's yeah. more, I would rather, you know, and and Sean Marks has talked about this. I would rather conserve the cap space and try to take on more bad contracts to then get first round picks or young players like D'Angelo Russell than overpay for KCP. Um, sure, 
But Otto's Otto's a different story. I'm willing to budge a little bit on Otto. Yeah, I and I think I was talking to a friend about KCP in general. Like I, after having looked into him a little bit more closely, I really don't understand what what is motivating the conversations about yes. giving him a max contract. Like I, I totally I, agree. How 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 that PR phenomenon took place? I don't know. He's, he's got a very good agent, but um, yeah, it just does not add up. For me all right well let me let's so if you so again i'm a wizards fan so i i, I do i'm very familiar with autopore so i know essentially what he is okay on the wizards he's an extremely effective shooter i i have stats for you brian you ready for these these are really good i've, I've worked hard yeah, I do. okay uh autopore is effective field goal percentage which accounts for three pointers being worth more than you know two pointers 60.1 mm-hmm. which is the second highest for a nine center behind corver now, th- and this, mm-hmm. this is mostly because he played a lot of games, so there's certain ranks, blah, blah, blah. He's improved his field goal percentage, three-point percentage, f- free throw percentage, points per game, and rebounds per game every season he's played basketball. He's 24 mm-hmm. years old. You know, he's long. He's a good dude. Everything, everyone knows he's a good dude, blah, blah, blah. I mean, his, his percentages, it, it, like, they, they went up remarkably in the last two, two seasons. Like, when, when he came in as uh, his rookie season, his percentages are not interesting. Like, there, let me hold Well, on. that's also, yeah, that's mean, also because he, Randy he Whitman wouldn't well. play him. Randy Whitman, who was the yeah. Wizards coach, just would not play him, which is, you know, that's stupid. That's why he got fired. But, um, but what is interesting is that, okay, so, like, there's a wall effect, of course. It kind of goes both ways. Brian, here's a really interesting stat for you. You, you and this wall effect, I swear. I... <laughs> Dude, he makes people money. He made Trevor Reza $70 million because all Trevor Reza had to do was sit in the corner, wall would penetrate, Wall would pass to Trevor Reza and Trevor Reza would sure. score. Auto is Trevor Reza. It's not. It's not. It's not a Mikey Moore situation. You know, it's not like. I mean, Trevor Reza went to, uh, to do that. Mikey Moore. <laughs> Mikey Moore. I, like, <laughs> wow. What a callback. Jason, Jason. Jason Kidd, uh, famously got Mikey Moore among many people. Got him paid, and then he went on to be a you know basically non-factor on I think Sacramento. And then not in the league much longer. Trevor Reza has lasting power outside of John Wall. I mean, he's been, you know, a, a stalwart on the Rockets for, for years now and done basically put up the same stats. Well, and let me ask you, I think Trevor Reza was a better player leaving the Wizards than Otto Porter will be. Would you be happy if you got essentially Trevor Reza for a max contract? Well, OK, so I guess I and I think that that's a great comparison too. Thank but, you, Brian. Thank you. And I, I think I told you that last week when we when you made that comparison. <laughs> um, but he, I mean, it. Let let me just pull up Trevor Reese's stats. I, I like these uh, these deep dives now because it forces us to. Well, uh, I'll throw out a stat while you're looking this thing up. This, this is th- these are the negatives. Okay, he's never been a creator, but that's because John Wall hogs the ball more than anybody in the NBA. I like the hogging, but he hogs. He's also not a shot creator. Only five, just five of his threes he made last year were unassisted. That means, obviously, that he, all of his threes are coming off of a pass. That means most of them are him being open or partly open against defenders. Only 22% of his field goals made last year were unassisted, meaning, again, one in five shots he, he was creating on his own. All the rest of them were created for him. KCP, on the other hand, 37% of his shots were made unassisted. So that means he's creating more for himself. I don't like what he's creating. But at least KCP, what you're getting is a guy who can do it on his own, where Otto, I still think, again, if I'm going to make the case for him not to be a max player, not to be signed by the Nets, to be the next hope of the Nets, is because 
he's a complimentary player. He's about a, a B plus, A minus complimentary player, but he is definitively, I think, a complimentary player. He's not like well, I don't know. I don't I don't see much room for growth. I mean, how much of Clay Thompson's? I, this is this is stuff I should have prepared for. We should have had part of this conversation before this, but I would imagine a so the super duper high end. Uh, hope ceiling for a guy like Otto Porter is someone like Clay Thompson. D- not necessarily sure. a n- known to be a creator, but can like adapt and learn over time. I think that there's a little bit of that in there. I know that the that you know your statistic there doesn't bear that out, but uh, from what I've seen, like there is a an emerging mid range game, a an, emo- an emerging post game. Uh, there's and and you're right that like KCP definitely has more of the traditional like score mentality uh though to a fault probably because his numbers aren't that great um so so i think that's that's i mean that's the hope if you don't if you don't if you don't think that that's even remotely possible and i'm not saying that it is but if you don't if you don't think that that's anywhere close to remotely possible then i agree with you i think max contract is a is is maybe a misallocation but if you're holding out a little hope that he can get, you know, to a fractional version of what Clay Thompson is, a version of him that's not 25 points per game, but, you know, 18 points per game if with very good percentages on a team like ours that wants to be a three-point shooting team with no three-point shooters on it, uh, which is a huge problem for, yeah. for, your, for, for your strategy. For offense, um, yeah. yeah, then then it makes sense. I think... I, think that i can get behind it if if they are thinking he will break out into something more i i totally agree it's a big risk it's an enormous risk is it a risk that we can't afford to take i don't know i don't know i think i, think, I think okay. i'd do it i want to lay it out like this okay again against max context for either players i like auto more than kcp blah 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 okay the the contract space that it would take up cap space it would take up to get auto port is about 24.75 million dollars a year something like that over four or five years i forget how long they can sign auto porter for that amount of space should then capture you at least two first round picks if you use it for salary dumps at least two first round picks so would you rather have auto porter at a guy who again i think i think clay thompson is i mean that's like the the highest of high ceilings i think for auto porter but that's a good one right as you who who are you seeing? I don't know. Who are you seeing that dump coming from, though? Like, I, I think that that... What, the salary so, dump? Well, okay, so here's what... Like, in our last salary dump, right, you, you were, your reaction, your your reflexive reaction was to be pretty pissed off that, like, Mozgov... That taking on Mozgov only got you... And, and, and losing, you know, your best player only got you what it got you. I think... On paper, a salary dump is is it's one of those things that it's it's very it's hard to know how valuable it is, and I don't know that that amount of space equates to two first round picks right now. I don't know. I feel like everyone's pretty cash rich, unfortunately. Well, I think with again, I think what we're we're slightly seeing, especially with this Chris Ball trade to the Rockets, teams are becoming more risky, and to become more risky, they're going to have worse and worse contracts, and the 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 more of those bad contracts that are out there in the NBA, the more they need to be dumped on the team like the Nets. And I'd rather yeah. them preserve that sort of flexibility space, them to be mobile enough to take on bad contracts, to insert themselves as the third team in the trade, as opposed to getting someone like Otto Porter, who I like, but I don't think is – he's not special. He's not uh, – he's a nice player. Again, B-plus, A-minus complimentary player, but he's not – I don't see an expansion of that. Like when you see a lot of young players like 
even Gilbert Arenas back in the day with the Wizards, when he signed with the Wizards as a restricted free agent, there was a belief that, okay, maybe this guy, this guy is a ball handler and a scorer. Maybe he'll expand that role. James Harden, you know, with the Rockets or whatever, when they traded for him, they believed extrapolate his stats, he will be better. Without a Porter, I don't think more touches means that he's going to score a ton more points because he thrives on efficiency. And if you put him in a situation where he's basically handling the ball all the time, he's less efficient. He's just not that type of player, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, but would I be devastated if they got Otto Porter at a max contract level? I wouldn't be devastated by it. But I just think it's – we're supposed to believe that this team is doing this, things the right way, you know, the quote-unquote right way, that they're not rushing into things. Mm-hmm. And I think – feeling like we have to use this space to sign a guy is not doing things the right way. Like this, these, neither mm-hmm. of these players are guys that like really will impact the long-term future of the franchise. Well, I, I don't know. Well, I think the right way can mean a lot of things, obviously. Um, what I think it means in this case is always getting in on the ground floor and being the party responsible for uh, a player's, growth that's what i think it means in in some cases giving someone like paul Millsap that money or part part of that money or serge ibaka or you know any of the other guys that are like maybe possible but probably not really that possible um that i think is circumventing whatever process they think is in place you know i mean i think i think it's more about that youth that growth despite giving the big contract it makes more sense to me to do it with a player like Otto Porter than someone like someone, a veteran that's established that is, yeah, kind of going to be a hired gun for a few years. Well, let me, I, I do want to go into So J.J. Reddick seems to be the, the veteran that is most linked to them. Um, yeah. Are you pro J.J. Well, Reddick being on the team? Let's say it's I, 18 million I a year like, or whatever. Is that is that the number? I think for any more than 15 million, I'd be a little bit like cautious, but um, we I've convinced myself that we 100% need – well, first of all, like I was saying, he's a three-point shooter on a team that wants to be three-point shooting and doesn't and doesn't currently have that. So that, <laughs> that all makes sense to me basketball-wise. Um, yeah, he's – but, I mean, and again, we do need some veteran presence to yes. keep the, the, the wheels on the car, for God's sakes. Um, so, yeah, I, I've convinced myself that it's okay. If it turns out to be $18 million or, or north of that, then that'll be – suspect but but well, and, and to be i mean like and you don't want to think guys will not want to sign with this team if all they're doing is flipping them the next year but jj's right. reddick it will be a guy that will have maintained value right he will you yep. would assume he'll maintain as a really good three-point shooter who can handle the ball slightly off of the bounce and all that you yeah. know, goofy stuff so no yeah there is he wouldn't be he would be worth the risk he's allegedly he sounds nice on podcasts so he must be a good guy. Um, yeah. He has a place in Brooklyn. We all like that. Uh, and I think there was something interesting that came out of the D'Angelo Russell, uh, pre- Timothy Mozgov press conference, even though it's the D'Angelo Russell press conference. Well, you had an interesting take about why. What did you think of D'Angelo's performance, first off? <laughs> what, was, what was this bit? I forget. Uh, I that he was boring on it. purpose. Oh, <laughs> yes, because he he's at a certain age, you equate boringness uh, with 
with maturity and he wants to be seen, <laughs> be, be seen as mature and which I like, you know, I, I like it. Dude, um, so you think it was a calculated sense of being boring? Not calculated. I think it was a, you know, reactionary or it's just, he's just being, um, he's just, he's just trying to save himself some, some trouble. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, and I, I dug it. I like, I, I, more the more stuff that I read into is less like I, I really have a hard time watching press conferences anymore. I, there's just so little substance to, to cling to that I'm like, I do the thing where I just spin my wheels about body language again, and and that and that doesn't get us anywhere. <laughs> um, but but more to that, I liked I liked the little ribbing he gave to Karis Levert and stuff. I like that there seems to be a already a friendship in place. Um, yeah, I, there's, I mean I read th- that differently. I read that as uh, he was throwing Karras under the bus. He's already poisoning really? this team. Already, really? he's he's no. infiltrating this team and turning it into a, a nightmare, a circus. Yeah. At first, That's... I was starting to believe you. Not really. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Sorry. it's good. <laughs> you really got a kick out of that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I just no because I yeah. love. I, immediately, we're going to be D'Angelo Russell defenders about. I don't know anything of his past besides the Snapchat incident, but. <laughs> It's like you equate um, the belief of the man against the headlines, right? The headlines on D'Angelo Russell was like just the Snapchat thing, and that was it. The belief that we were told by Magic Johnson himself and other people that he didn't have leadership and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't really need D'Angelo Russell to be a leader of this team. I just need him to be, like, pretty good and interesting as a player on the court. That's what I – I don't need him to be Derek Jeter, right? Like, I just need him to be a, a, a really good player – who, if he doesn't talk to any of the other players, I'm fine with that right now. I don't need anything yeah. else. Plus, we have Jeremy Lin to be our leader, so we don't we don't need that. From I'm sure him. you saw Jeremy Lin's hair. Did we see it? I didn't. What what is it? Um, he himself called it Asian Snoop Dogg. I think it's worth it's worth wow. a peek. It's worth a peek. But um, where, do I, where do I find it on Twitter? Yeah, find it on t- Twitter. Uh, Bleacher Report. You know, netsdaily.com probably. Don't oh, there's a great uh, article on its daily um, called Don't Forget About D'Angelo Russell, the Passer by Anthony Puccio. Um, and it goes into uh, D'Angelo Russell's oft forgotten playmaking skills. Um, and but what I really what led me down a different rabbit hole was that many of the passes are to Cheerboy Mozgov. And I quite I, I like he's an interesting he's way more nimble than I thought he was. I thought he was a real lumbering um you know pile but he's no, uh no that's the thing about he's Moscow. a weird player that's yeah. why he's always had value in this league do you remember he was a part of the carmelo anthony trade and people knicks fans were so sad you know yeah. they almost didn't make the trade because maz golf was had to be in it um he's not he's not like an oaf he's not zaza pachulia no. he is semi-athletic super tall dude who yeah. is not worth the amount of money he's getting paid but that doesn't sure. matter right now is he? I mean, he's not Andrew Nicholson. Is the, is no, the difference? No, he's he's no, got he's, something there. He's going to play. He's going to play twenty five minutes a game and yeah. be a nice player. And us that's that's watchers. We're not going to think about his contract just because we didn't sign him. He he's the reason why D'Angelo Russell's here. So yeah, um, and yeah, and and the seven and seven. Like I'm I'm into a seven and seven, you know, roll guy on the pick and roll. It's um, but yeah, it got me excited about Mozgov. I, I never really thought about him ever, um, and so it led me down an interesting YouTube tunnel. Um, and so, what's funny is that we we began this about JJ and kind of now backtracking to it. But the there was like something out of the the D'Angelo Russell press conference, the fact that 
some talk that like we're going to grow together. The, us young guys, we're a young team, but we're going to grow together and be good together. When I, we're both, I think we're both from the camp. You got to have some veterans, right? I mean, they talk about how important Brooke was. They talk about how important Jeremy Lin is. Talk about how important Randy Foy is. There has to be some veteran presence. That's why I would like a JJ signing. I would like them to throw money at older veterans just to be a part of this team and to maybe sort of mold these guys, you know, grab them around the shoulder, bring them in, make it interesting, you know, not just because mm-hmm. young guys growing together. I still think Philly, while we love the process right now, it's going to take an awful lot for Markel Fultz, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, guys who have, haven't even really had college careers, much less pro careers, all like suddenly just all be good together on, a, on the same, you know, timeline. It's just unlikely mm-hmm. that it happens. You need like some dudes, like the, again, the Wizards. People come in, free agents come in and kind of show the way a little bit, and you can't just suddenly burst up. Really only like LeBron. LeBron was the guy that like burst through by himself. But like Igudala went to the Warriors, and that meant a lot. Now, by the way, did you see the Nets are mentioned along in the Igudala race? (laughs) Um, I did see that. Which one, obviously, so the story is, which is hilarious. I think people need to realize this. When you see a story about a free agent, this is this time of the year, right? We're talking free agency. You'll see stories about the number of teams involved with a certain player. That story is being sourced from the agent, right? Maybe the Nets have some interest in Andre Iguodala, but they listed seven teams. It's not like the reporter went to called every NBA GM and said, <laughs> are you guys interested in Andre Iguodala? What happened was he called the agent, and the agent said, or the agent called him and said, man, we have a great market for Andre. Like, that's mm-hmm. – the Nets cannot – I mean, the, why would the Nets want Andre Iguodala? That means that makes no sense unless they like believe his leadership is just so exemplary that no, it'll make yeah. LiAngelo Russell like the next great, you know, Steph Curry or something. It makes it makes no sense and it'll never happen. Let's just let's just leave it at that. What um, you think? Yeah. Fine point one on the, what? What were you gonna say? Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was one I was gonna say I just wanted to put it out there that I saw that uh David Diamante was leaving his position as the uh announcer and that they're holding auditions on July eighteenth. Um, do you want to go just do a head-on-head competition at some point and see which which one of us should should uh, represent the glue guys for that gig? I think we should do that. I mean, why not? Yeah. July 18th. Let's check the schedule, Brian. Where are yeah. you on July? What day is that? July 18th? Oh, I'll be here. I feel like that should be like a live show, man. We're trying to get that live show going. We should do it. July 18th is... Oh, I'm working. <laughs> Um, live show where like at the audition is that what you mean yeah we do it at the audition we bring people on we'll talk to them <laughs> just bring, just get them to do sound bites for us yeah just yell at us yeah yell just at us things. constantly just, like read 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 this um, read this back of a shampoo bottle for me so again you'd be happy if they signed auto porter to a max would you be happy i would be happy that they could look we couldn't even get kevin durant to take our phone call if we could get a guy who's coveted by some people that is a starting we are we are our, our stock is is at an all-time low you know and part of building that up is giving people money and making good on those promises and so on and so forth you know like i think it was a real a real um shock that they couldn't get kevin durant's attention even notionally um and so yeah starting to build up that stuff Brick by brick, um, 
it takes work and it takes it takes examples, you know. And uh, and this would be a good starting point. Is it the best starting point? Is it the home run? No, probably not. It's a it has the potential to be a a real solid double or triple. Um, and that's how I feel about that. I will say it would be a good signal for the Nets if they actually signed someone to a certain amount of money. The funny thing about the Mozgov, D'Angelo Russell, Brooke Lopez trade was that that new move I think was like a net zero for the Nets in terms of salary. Everyone hates Mozgov's contract, and yeah, it puts more money on the edge of the books, on the end of the books, mm-hmm. but th- I, th- I think it was almost exactly equal in terms of what the first-round pick was and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Prokhorov, you know, sort of in that Stefan Bondi piece, and we've talked about this before, but, like, the weird thing about the, the Garnett-Pierce deal was that Pierce did not get signed by the Nets again, you know, did, did not get re-signed by the Nets because the Nets wanted to save money. And yeah. I think it would, it would mean a lot if actually Prokhorov does sign someone for a big contract. If they don't, if the Nets don't sign anyone, I think that's a huge indication that yeah, Prokhorov is... is trying to sell this team and he's just well, trying no, to save money. Seriously. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But also, here's a, it can only mean bad things, to be honest with you, because, um, yeah, it means one of those two things. It means we can't get people's attention or we're being cheap. So there's, there's, <laughs> a, whole, both. there's, there's a whole big thing in there. So I think I've convinced you, Mike, to give out a port of this, this contract, it sounds like. <laughs> it's not, well, I'm not saying they should, just, they should just flash money around because they have it, but, like, they should sign someone. There should be someone of consequence. Not, not because they have it, because they need to spend something to convince Lee that they're not just a place where you can dump your 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 trash on us. You know, this is a, a, a franchise that needs to be respected, and part of that is like giving the money to the people you want to give the money to, not just the people you have to to do things. Well, and you think Marks as a GM would want to sort of put his stamp on a little bit more than, as you say, being a being a dumpster for bad contracts, right? Like he would probably want to lavish put put some money out there on some guy that most people maybe don't think is that great and hope he's really good um I mean, by the here, way, here's the thing yeah sorry go ahead oh what were you gonna say i have a list of of, of guys i like that i was gonna say here's like. that, here's how you know that auto is gonna get that that offer from us crab got an offer it's your boy what's his face johnson yeah that, um, the guy we already forgot yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly they got offered outrageous contracts uh for their relatives you know, stock in, in the NBA, this guy's going to get that contract. He's going to get that offer. That's He's going to sign it. I don't know. That's a good point that the Nets were willing to basically sign two guys for a good amount of money last year. They didn't get. So, yeah, I mean, maybe the net, maybe Perkroff isn't trying to be so cheap. I do worry about that, though. I do worry that there's just the commitment from his end. The Russians end is not obviously as strong as it was in the beginning. And, I think as an owner, it's advantageous advantageous to have sort of this like long uh, rebuild that you can believe in a little bit because your team could be super cheap and yet still be slightly interesting. Um, D'Angelo Russell. I think Sean, I, so I think Sean Marks is smart enough that he would have vetted that situation. Like you know, but you don't want to sign on with a, with a ownership that's on their way out. I think I think he would have gotten some kind of tacit understanding that that wouldn't happen you know what i mean yeah i will say the sean marks we got to be careful on saying how good he is let's just let's see a little bit more right i'm karis levert was a win karis levert was a win uh jared allen was apparently the first one on their board he was all that was left he was a guy they wanted to trade up for uh which 
Can you really believe uh, Jared Allen's hit pointer, and we we don't get to watch our, Dude. our uh, rookie oh. again in summer league? It's so annoying. That, I mean, that's that's ba- that's all I want. All I want to do is flip on the TV no. and see some terrible basketball. But I just want to see Jared Allen dunking on people. <laughs> Jared Allen get his his fourteen and nine game, and us being like, it's gonna happen. This is this is it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Deal. All right, Brian, I want to do this. I've got I'm going okay. to play GM here and I'm going to throw out some names that I really like for the Nets. OK, these are guys that aren't the auto port KCPs. These are guys that are a little bit under the radar. that They've kind of been connected to, but who I think the Nets should go after free agents. I target. This is the segment. You ready to go? Yes. OK, number one, Joe Ingles. OK, oh, he, he's he's also getting an offer and you can. You can. I will bet, uh, I, whatever, something valuable that that guy gets an offer from us. Absolutely, he's one. Yeah. He's. Uh, I think it's the Brisbane Sea that separates Australia and New Zealand. He is Australian, <laughs> and Sean Marsh is New Zealand. They are basically like being from Connecticut and Massachusetts. That is is that close. Uh, he's a guy who can shoot the three from a winning team. I love him. I love him. I love him. And, and he's just a weird. He's just a weird somehow paradoxically interesting playmaker like despite all of his if just looking at that guy you would not think right playmaker. i mean <laughs> well, playmaker we have um, kind of and, a prejudice you know, that's, against sure that's balding white guys i mean that's it's just an offensive <laughs> bias but it's still it's it's a it's one that has a long history of being true um as as far as playmaking goes i'll just say you know like the balding stiff looking white dude is generally your 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 three points stick him in the corner guy, but he's a uh, he's he's he does a lot. He's interesting, and he's sort of I mean you know and, and it kind of works in his favor. The fact, I, I imagine when he steps on the court, most guys aren't thinking that he's going to do anything besides shoot threes and throw elbows. But he does no. he does do more than that. And again, the Gordon Hayward thing's interesting. Obviously, no one wants to see him go to the Celtics because everyone hates you know the Celtics. By the way, did you see the Danny Ainge family feud? Over Gordon Hayward, did you see this story, Brian? News around the league. Uh, I I didn't see it. I heard. I was talking to somebody about it. Um, but yeah, I had the with, with his um, the son. So Danny H's son is running for like state senate or Congress or something in Utah, and he is tweeting out. Um, There's a story in Massachusetts about how they want to have a millionaire's tax, and he, running for Congress in Utah, tweeted at Gordon Hayward, say, "Hey, this is something to think about." Essentially saying. To his dad's free agent target, you should not go play for my dad. Stay in Utah, yeah. which yeah. is smart on his part. I mean, that's, I mean, we're talking about it. You know, we're we're, we're pushing the needle for him a little bit. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, anyways, I think so. The Gordon Hayward thing is interesting because anyway, it goes for the, for the Jazz. If Gordon Hayward signs with the Celtics, why would they want Joe Angles? If Gordon Hayward resigns with the Jazz, why would then they they don't have money for Joe Angles? Joe Ingles no. comes to the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets. We love him. We're happy. He's Australian, super fun, fits right in with the team, plays three and four. We love him. We're happy, right? Yes. Yes. Agreed on all counts. Okay. A T- couple more. Tony Snell, Otto Porter Light, restricted mm. free agent, 41% from three, length defender turning 26 in November. So he's just 25 right now. Um, great hair. Uh <laughs> Excellent skinny, skinny look. Skinny guy. Looks great in uniform. Um, we, we know he's probably not as good as Otto and the Nets need to impact players, but let's say Otto's at $25 million a year. Tony Snell's at 
$15 million a year. That extra $10 million can get you Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles and yeah. Tony Snell versus Otto Porter. That's an interesting discussion, so I don't know. But Tony I, Snell's a guy to look out for. I personally don't like Tony Snell's game. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it out there. No, I love it. I mean, I, I, how much Tony Snell have I watched? Very little. I've always liked uh, him, though. I've always liked him in spots. He kind of... He always just kind of fits in the right place. He is like Otto Porter. Like he always kind of His, fits in the right little slot that they need him on that team. And he's a decent defender. And you know, you you kind of like overall what he could do for your team. But I remember I have a vivid memory of being on a Milwaukee Bucks uh, forum at one point after a Nets game, and everyone just ripping on Tony Snell like, <laughs> one after another because they're like, he's play, how is he playing thirty minutes a game? And like his stat line is just routinely hideous just like yeah i get it he's like he does intangible things and he's one of those guys but oh my god can he can he put up a couple of stats here and there once in a while (laughs) all right so maybe not tony (laughs) snow let's move on uh all right i'm gonna go two more one's obscure and one's one name that you'll love okay brian Mm -hmm. uh ian clark okay do you know who Ian Clark is? <laughs> yes. The guard off the bench, a solid contributor on the best team in the NBA. In a crowded backcourt, he's a solid shooter. You would imagine the Warriors are not going to sign him. Throw him like yeah. $5 million a year. Let's see what we can get out of Ian Clark. He was on a really good team. Bring him over. He may end up being really good. We just never saw I kind of, I kind of like that as just an under the, under the radar. Like Nobody's thinking about him that much. Um, and everyone, it's very easy to be like, he's, yeah, he's the benefit of, he gets the benefit of playing with all the best players. And for that reason alone, I think there should be some level of intrigue. Yeah. It's just, if you could, if you can crack that rotation at all, which is what he did, he played, I don't know what it was, 15 minutes a game this year or something like that. That's pretty good for the best team in the league. And the, yeah. if, if you're playing that many for them, <laughs> you could play at least that many for the Nets and contribute more than, I don't know, Randy Foy, Randy Foy, and, who we just and, Though I wasn't looking for him, I you could often hear me say, "Who is that? Is that that guy Ian Clark?" And uh, over and over again, whenever he would do something good, um, that's how I felt about him. Yeah, yeah. He's just, just like, just like one of those guys. Kind of pops up, like, "Oh, that's a nice." Actually, Pat McCall for the Warriors this year did the same thing. I was like, "Oh my god, how do they get this lanky guard too?" Um, last one, Brian. You ready? Yes. I've talked to you about this before. It's a guy mm-hmm. we all know and maybe love. He played mm-hmm. for the New Jersey Nets. He is a free agent oh. this offseason. He has a bald head. Is it Richard Jefferson? <laughs> that is the exact description. It is not Richard Jefferson. It is um, the, um, I don't know, penthouse version of Richard Jefferson. Who uh-huh. is that Brian? <laughs> the penthouse version of richard jefferson whoa um why can't i think of this i don't know he's got a bald head he dunks the basketball he dunks the basketball what the hell's going on here i can't think of it what is it vince hard care (laughs) yeah um oh by the way we didn't talk about this at all. Did you watch the awards show thing when no. it was on? No, I'm, and I'm not going to hate watched, on it, but I didn't watch it. I watched it. it from start to finish with our mutual friend, Elliot. Your boy, Elliot. Shout out. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, who, who, was, um, who was glued to the TV watching this thing. Um, I'm surprised I was there. I was, I was every, every ounce of my body was prepared for a sustained two-hour cringe-a-thon. 
and and you do, I will. You are a good cringer. I'll tell you that you have a good cringe. I, get it. I feel it deeply. Um, but I was impressed. I was impressed. I was here's here's what makes up for it. I think they for first go out. It was a it was an enormous success. Uh, Drake was cringy on a couple of occasions, and that's I guess to be expected. His his like default. His default thing is like when a joke is like not working or things are like drying up, because he was doing these like interviews with with players in between clips and stuff. Okay. He would default into just making fun of what they were wearing, and okay, you can do that once a little bit, but like every every person <laughs> is ripping on their clothes. Like it's a little it's a little much, um, and then the conversation would fall. But. Um, anyways, that's, I, I was just like, I think what's good about it and what makes sense is that, you know, Eric Gordon comes up and he's super happy to get that sixth man of the year award. Like he, every, you know, and it was, he's like, Oh, this is important to him. And it's kind of moving, you know, I, and he, and he had a little speech prepared. It was great. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get, I get, if that's, if you can bottle that and sell that, then, then you have something here. The, the like Drake clip show element, you could probably scrap that. Well, again, I don't know why everyone's so like, – people were mad that this was happening. I don't get why you would be mad that they're having a – like, it's just free content. It's more content that we're getting. We get to see great, you know, like, fashion, right? I mean, like, we have yeah. to see we have to see the players that we supposedly love in a different setting. I will – I do think it's – this is the first one, and they had Drake, so there's a lot of attendance. I feel like if you had a year where, like, it was, like, a bunch of Kawhi Leonard's, no one's going to – like, I want Kawhi to win the MVP now just to see him up on that stage to see what happens. I think that's the yeah. ultimate moment. It would be like Roman Polanski winning an Oscar again. Dude, I was I was a believer when I saw um, uh, Kemba Walker, like, geeked out to win the sportsmanship award or whatever. Like, a bunch that's of guys it. are lining up to get their, their MVPs, and he's like, you know, hyped up on a sportsmanship award, which is great. I love that. You know, that's a – that's a nice thing, but like, and I think I was expecting it to be a little bit more. Mm, people would be sheepish about that kind of thing because there's so much status hierarchy stuff to figure out. Uh, but it seemed like all the players were 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 real good sports about the whole thing. Um, do you want to do a quick Chris Paul, James Harden sort of just general reaction? You know what? I I've meant to like set aside time to think and feel about this thing, and I and I. I just I can't think of an interesting thought about it. I don't know. I don't well, have a knee-jerk reaction outside of like I don't think it's enough to work. Like I don't think if they if they if this is the beginning of going all in against Golden State, I I don't I don't know that that's that that's the foundation you want to start with. I don't know. That's my only that's my lone hot take. Well, and so the, my take is not even off the team itself. My take is off other people's takes with the fact that like there's uh, some meditate always. Th- there's some belief out there that they can split the minutes where Chris Paul plays 20 minutes, James Harden plays 20 minutes, and they play eight minutes together. And in those 20 minute periods where they're off the court, one's off the court, one's on the court, that person dominates the ball. And then when they're on the court together for those eight minutes, they'll figure it out. Which seems I've heard this a lot, and that seems insane. Just because yeah. you don't. You don't build this team so because that's a regular season thinking. That would be that would not work in the playoffs because you would want these guys on the court for thirty eight minutes, not twenty eight minutes. So I, yeah. I mean, it's going to be. It is literally, I believe this, the most interesting pairing 
possible in the NBA. Mm. There's no wow. Dwayne Wade and LeBron was interesting in a way, obviously very interesting, but there was enough difference there that they could fit. I mean, LeBron's a natural passer. You know, it could happen. But these are the two most most offense runs through me dudes at all times. It's even worse than Carmelo. Carmelo's a ball stopper. These two dudes are just like, we have the ball the whole time, and we decide where you're going to be, and then you're going to end up there. I'm going to pass you the ball maybe, or I'm going to score. Um, yeah. It's going to be super fascinating just to see what it, happens. It really, it really will be. It will be. Uh, it, let's just like plow through some emails if you want to. Oh, sorry, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about the emails. Please do. I just want to – I well, God, I – Somebody somebody tweeted us how to put how to do bumpers or drops through Skype because I've I've looked at it like twenty times and it just gets more complicated and I and I feel dumber every time I do it. Um, but anyways, first up, cheer boy Robbie Rose. I haven't heard from Robbie in a while. I was starting to get worried about you, brother. Um, we'll write us a nice long one. You, I, I'm not gonna get to it, but just thanks for hitting us up, man. Another, another all... Brian email tradition. Brian talks about an email he will not read. I love this. This is my favorite well, one. Well, I like to give, I like to give shout outs <laughs> to the people. They they write me long long things, and I feel like I just don't want it to end up in a in the vacuum of space. You know, I want sure. them to know that it's. That's I, I Anyways, next up, it, Brian. You yeah. Cheer, cheer boy, Jim Nausadas, Nausadas. I uh, just discovered the podcast, and I'm loving it. We're loving you discovering it, Jim. Um, do you think the Nets will look for starting power forward this summer, or do you think they're going to continue with RHJ at the four uh, to see if that can become his permanent position? Um, so conspicuously missing from a lot of these rumors has been the power forward and, and center position talk. I haven't heard a lot about what that solution would be. Um, is, is that something that's on your mind, Mike? Yeah, I mean, so one guy I brought up, I think it's like a we talked veteran presence dude. Veteran presence dude would be a Taj Gibson. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's from Brooklyn. You know, he's older. He's a traditional four. Um, but I, I think you're we don't you're right. We don't hear discussion about that position a lot. Um, I wonder if that's because they don't care about it. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think it's like we're gonna go. Positionless one through four, and then a mobile defense centric five. And even like Trevor Booker is going to play five at some points this season. I mean, he played a yeah. little bit last season. Like, I think if he makes it, they the would season. just prefer everyone, mostly everyone that can handle the ball, and everyone can switch on a screen and just kind of see what happens. And they don't, I mean, they did draft a center, but the center they drafted is you know, in the draft was one of the most athletic, switchable, longest defenders, right? I mean, so yeah. he fits into, I think, what they would like to do. Kenny Atkinson, we had talked about this, but he talked about before the draft wanting to get a guy like Jared Allen, and now he has him. I don't think they care about having a traditional power forward at all. I mean, Thad Young was traded um, pretty much a, like the very beginning of the Marks era, Thad Young was traded, and and he was even too traditional of a power forward for this team. So yeah. I don't think they're going to do it. I, but if they sign Paul Millsap, I'd be ecstatic. Right? Yeah, you would. Um, yeah. Cool. Speaking of which, we got your boy, Jimmy Mora. Um, what's up, glue guys? What's up, Jimmy? And thanks for reaching out, everybody. You can hit us up at netspod at gmail.com or just tweet at us. You know, we'll get to you. 
Um, so Jimmy says, my question is, if the Nets do pursue J.J. Redick, how would he fit into a team that already has Jalen, D'Lo, Karis LeVert, um, presumably all starting at the one through three spots? And then the second question is, do you think we even realistically have a chance at signing Paul Millsap or his links to Kenny Atkinson enough to lure him over? Um, so the first one, so this is this is like a part go back goes back into my Archie Goodwin thing. That means Karis Levert comes off the bench. Um, how does that sound to you, Mike? Does that is that is that the the direction you want this team to head, or is that a big red flag that we're we're skipping steps in the process? Karis Levert probably is not ready for like yeah, all not. that we want to give him. Right? I mean, he's we want to give him everything, and he's really not. He, <laughs> I I don't get me wrong. I love every minute of Karis Levert, but his stats this season were not. Alarmingly good. No, and it was and it was eye test a little bit we like more. Like the eye test on Karis. Yes, the... pass the eye test. Needs some time in the oven. Happy to give. Not necessarily. I don't know. A starting spot to JJ Redick. Certainly to Otto Porter. Um, yeah. So, so, but that, that's a, a more interesting question. Or not maybe more interesting question. But if the if we get JJ Redick and Otto Porter, is that are those two players immediately part of the starting lineup plus a five, and then we send. Hall Jefferson and Levert to the bench. I think I think so. Wow, that's interesting. Well, because okay, if if you sign Otto Porter, JJ Redick, that you're you're saying that Otto Porter is the four. I don't put Otto at the four. He really can't yeah. play the four. I mean, I know we believe none of those players can play. He, he yeah, really, like, yeah, I guess he's no different than at Rondé, but he really like, can't like play the four. Lynn, Lynn can barely play the one. <laughs> like D'Angelo Russell kind of plays a two, but not really. Right. Like, None of those players are optimal fits for their positions, so it's really it it is it is going all in on positionless at that point. And like, but like, okay, let to the JJ Reddick question: If your guard ish ball handler lineup is Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell, JJ Reddick, and Karis Levert, that's NBA worthy at least. You know, that's pretty good. You're feeling pretty good about your guard rotation. Where last year, this team when Jeremy Lin was out was surviving with Randy Foy and. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie's our boy. You know, he was on the pod. Um, you please listen to that pod if you want to. But, like, that would be a pretty decent four-guard lineup that you would have. Four guards and then whoever else, you you know, put one of a small forward at some time. So, you know, I don't think that's a problem. for This team shouldn't complain about having too many guys for one position. Like, this team is not in that situation. And as you no. as you've said... This team wants to shoot threes and can't shoot threes. They need guys that can shoot threes. And yeah. JJ would be like, I mean, JJ would, it just feels right in Brooklyn. It just feels, and this whole, I mean, we didn't even talk about this, but the Chris Paul aspect of this, JJ is completely untethered from the Clippers. I mean, there's no reason oh, yeah. for him to go back to the Clippers. I mean, maybe he wants to go to Boston or maybe he wants to go to, maybe he wants to go to Houston. <laughs> that would be super interesting. But like, he has no reason to go back to the Clippers besides he wants to live in L.A., and not play for the Lakers. So yeah. he's, he is closer now because of the Chris Paul trade to the Nets than he, I'm sure he ever was before. Yeah. Um, just want to shout out to your boy, Matt Dwelka. Basically asked a lot of the questions that we just answered. So, But thanks for reaching out. Sorry that your question got gazumped. Um, next up, cheer boy, Louis Torres. Would Marks ever flirt with the idea of clearing cap space up for Melo, Wade, Paul, and LeBron? After watching this video, I don't think LA as a city understands what a snitch is. Um, I haven't watched. I gotta watch that video. Um, what Louis about D'Angelo? Just, 
Um, yes. Um, but I'll, I'll watch that. Sorry, Louie. Um, but he's just your boy. So I gotta, I gotta shout out Louie. Um, next up is Sim, uh, sorry, Siv Cherivu. Um, thank you. Thanks for answering my question on the Brook trade pod. Thank you for sending that question in, Siv. Um, for the free agent spot, I'm wondering what would the Nets be better off with the Baca Porter or Millsap? So this is a lot of Millsap attention. So there hasn't been a ton of stuff leaked. This is me talking about it. Hasn't been a ton of stuff about Millsap coming out from any party, like with, with connection to the Nets. So, but it's interesting to Besides see. Besides our Twitter account, which I run. Right. Um, following up, if Porter is signed, who will be on the bench between? Yeah. So, right. So this is all about basically the rotation stuff. Um, so I don't want Serge Ibaka even a little bit um, for, for, I mean, for the right price. Sure. Of course. But for whatever he's going to go for, I, no, I don't want yeah, him. Yeah. Do you, he, do you, he, they say, you know how old he is? Apparently, like, he's just 26 or 27 years old. That's what they have him listed as, 27. Yeah, but he looks like he's 35. He's 35, a hearty 35. Yeah, so, you know, I, I there's no there's no part of me like you. that And, he, play, and he plays like he's 35, more importantly. <laughs> I, it's, it's crazy um, because, like, he was, he's not a unicorn, but he was, like, the first center who could shoot and block threes that, that of our modern day. I'm talking, like, Manute Bowl could do it, right? And, you know, there are guys who could do it, but, like, of this, like, modern era of basketball right now, he was the first dude, and he already seems like a dinosaur. Like, he can't – he's not good. He didn't do anything no. for the Raptors. Um, no. Yeah. But, yeah, I I, I, I mean, I, seriously, if they sign Paul Millsap to a max contract, which I, 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 I think they should just try to get a meeting with the dude and put it in front of him and see what happens. Because he would – one, he fits with his team perfectly. Um, he's – a allegedly like a really good guy fits everything you want he knows atkinson as was said in the email i mean why not i i don't know what what would be the negative on that yeah you're you're committing a lot of money to a guy that won't be here when the process is over but him building along with the process is more valuable than you know someone like i don't know like whoever else is out there that's some crappy Mm -hmm. power forward that's that's the conversation we always go back and forth on in terms of player development. You know, how important is it to be good in your player development? Probably pretty important. Yeah, that's why I still don't believe in the sixes. Yeah. Um, last but not least, definitely not least, Chairboy Mike Wims. He's got a six-pack of questions. I'm going to fire through them, and you just, you just give me your, your hot takes, okay? How can we get Mirza back on the nets? <laughs> That's I the first. Think, I think he's. It's going to be pretty easy to get him back on the nets. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I tell you? I have like a, a whole list of dump candidates, and Mirza would have been on it if not for the Jason Kidd factor. But Mirza yeah. Mirza has a bad contract, and and he should not be on that team right now because there's really no role for him. Bring Mirza back. Remember when he stared down LeBron? That was amazing. Oh. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, second question. Barring not getting mirrors on the Nets, I'm currently out of active Nets jersey since Brooke got traded. Who is worth the $110 investment? Uh, if you're not thinking about a Mozgov jersey, you're, you're doing it wrong. Um, but <laughs> do you want to do? Should we do jersey rankings? Who who's worth? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's Mozgov, Lavert, Booker. Uh, <laughs> just, just for me, this is this is my list. I don't know. Right, Dinwiddie. I Dinwiddie's mean, if you want to be, there. if you if you here's the problem. You're gonna go and on get your D'Angelo Russell jersey, and then you're gonna be sitting next to a 12 year old with the same jersey on, and you're gonna feel like a like a big jerk. Um, can I tell you who you can still buy? I mean, you can still buy D, uh, 
Darren Williams and Paul Pierce. So if you really want to do it, get Paul Pierce and just like wear the stink out of it because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, third, do you like the idea of Mozgov being a physicality mentor for Jared Allen? Um, yes, I do. I don't know, uh, man. They don't. Neither <laughs> of them seem like they're. Jared seems like a really sweet kid, but he doesn't seem like Wait. much of a talker. Did you read these before? Okay, so would you rather have uh, this is fourth question? Would you rather have Otto Porter on a max or two salary dumps with two lottery protected firsts? Whoa! You must have talked. About that. No, no, that's so funny. That that's okay. Thank you for that email. That's what. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I believe. That, I think that's the equation that you have to weigh because we we again. I think Nets fans and Nets followers see that the Nets have tons of cap space and like let's just use it. Why don't we get more talent in here? When I would rather wait it out, have this huge reservoir of cap space to dump bad players into and try to get better younger assets than you know yeah. max contracts but brian good good last last two questions uh which current net do you think is best at nfl blitz 2000 um good question i mean i'm i'm unfortunately probably very... i mean we know him personally yeah, I, but Probably, probably, yeah. I don't know. That's it. Yeah, I don't know who's, who's the gamer right now. If it's not, I mean, Brooke Lopez, that will used to wear like Sonic the Hedgehog shirts and stuff. Um, I'll challenge them all, Mike. I'll take them all on. Did you know that when you Google glue guys, your Twitter is the number two result uh, behind a USA Today article? Um, looks like you are present on social media in spite of yourselves. Um, <laughs> so that's that. very, that's Mike Wims. These are all for Mike, Mike Wims. Thank you. Yeah, he's he's a in the glue uh, glue guys email sphere Rushmore to be sure. All right. Um, anyways, that's that. Yeah. So take us out of here, Mike. I hope this. I hope we got to everything. Yeah, I think I think we nailed it down. I think I think KCP if he signs here for a max contract, everyone should be afraid. If Autoport does it, you should be okay with it. But I wouldn't. Cauch- cautiously optimistic with a capital C. All right. Well, you can follow us at BK Glue Guys on Twitter. NetsDaily.com, yes. Almighty Baller yeah. Radio, Dash yes. Radio, With Facebook, who? The Glue Guys. Mike, Mike, you've been crushing it on Facebook, can I say? Thanks, bud. And um, we'll get at you. I'm going away on vacation, uh, but we'll still do another Skype pod during free agency some point this week uh, as news develops with the Nets. Brian. Michael. Good night. Hey, good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. 